Well, good morning, church. Good to be with you this morning. My name is Ethan Magnus. I'm one of the pastors here. So glad uh, to be with you here as we're kicking off a brand new series here today. If you're a guest with us, uh, you're in the right place. We're going to have a good time. Don't be too intimidated. You probably figured out we're talking about money. Don't freak out. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, listen, uh, I hope you're having a good beginning to your fall. I was so excited. I got to kick off my fall watching a high school football game. I've got a little bit of a head cold, but it was worth it to watch Science Hill win the game, field goal, last three seconds of the game. What an amazing game. I know you weren't there because there were only 10 of us there, and I didn't see any of you. But, uh, but the 10 of us who were there had a really good time. It was a good game. Um, and actually, I tell you, this is a, this last, last week was a good week for high school football. The playoffs are treating East Tennessee well. I think Boone and Crockett both won their game. Elizabeth won their game. It was a good time. So, um, listen, we're so glad you're here. We're kicking off a brand new series, Jesus of Nazareth, CPA. And if you're a guest here with us, you may be wondering, do we always talk about money? Well, no. If you're not a guest, if you're a regular here, you may be thinking, do we have to talk about money? You may be wondering, why are we talking about money? And it's probably important to get that straight. Why are we talking about money? Um, you know, we aren't talking about money because the church needs money. I mean, sure, there's always more ministry we could do if our generosity was increased. Uh, but the reality is, this is already a generous church. Uh, the needs of this church are well met, and um, the people of this church give what God has called them to give obediently and cheerfully. Uh, that's not why we're talking about money. Um, we're talking about money uh, because for many of us, money is a constant source of pain and confusion. We talk about being a five-generational church. Well, as best I can tell, money is a five-generational anxiety. I talk to people in their final years, and they're worried, will I have enough money? Will my money run out before my life does? Uh, is, did I make a retirement plan that makes sense? And bills are shifting, and medical needs get more and more expensive all the time. And will I have enough, or will I be able to leave anything for my kids? You talk to people near the end of their careers, and they're starting to have scary conversations about how do I get signed up for Medicare, and did I save enough for retirement, and is it structured right, is it secure enough, is it safe enough, what do we do if the market collapses, all kinds of things like that. You talk to people in midlife, and they're talking about, am I making enough money, is this the right job, how do I know when to look for a new job, and how do I negotiate a salary, and all these kinds of things, and how do I pay off my car loan, and my house loan, and my student loan. Talk to young people, you talk to kids, the same thing. How am I going to get my first job? The job market today is so much worse than it was 20 years ago. You old people just don't, just don't understand, they say. And they're probably right. We talk about money because we're already thinking about it. And a lot of us are struggling with it. We also talk about money because Jesus talked about money. Uh, if you're new to churchy kind of things, this may surprise you. You maybe think, Jesus, wasn't he that religious guy? And, and he was, but boy, he talked about money a lot. He talked about the rich and the poor and generosity and caring for one another with our money. And Jesus talked about money, of course, not just because he wanted to be the Lord of your life, but also because he wants to bless your life. And so if we're going to be a church that preaches the Bible and teaches the Bible and tries to live our lives following Jesus every once in a while, we've got to talk about money. 
And if you, like me, know what it is to struggle with money and have anxiety about money, then it might make sense to make an appointment with your CPA. I mean, it might make an attempt sense to make an appointment with your earthly CPA too, but I think a lot of us need an appointment with our heavenly CPA. We need an appointment with Jesus of Nazareth, CPA, and ask a few questions and learn a little bit about how he wants us to manage our finances. And, you know, when you have that first appointment with your CPA, you know, it's always interesting, right? The, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to tell them where all the money is. Right? I mean, you got to give them all the, all the facts. And so you show up to that first appointment with your folder full of paper. And if you're an organized person, then it's all in order and alphabetized. And if you're like me, it's just in a giant paper bag. And you're like, make sense of it. I don't know what any of this means. But, you know, you you, you got paperwork for them. Maybe you've got some information about your bank accounts, maybe. Or maybe you've got some stocks and mutual funds. you got paperwork on that. Maybe you've got paperwork on some bonds you've invested in. I don't know what those are, but you might, so maybe you've invested in them. I don't even know. Uh, on the TV, they talk about things that are called annuities. Again, I also don't know what those are, but they talk about them on TV, so they seem to be a money thing. Maybe you've got a 401k or a 403b. Maybe you've got one of those. You probably have some loans you need to talk to your CPA about. You've got, uh, maybe you've got a house loan or a car loan, or you're still working on school loans, maybe. Maybe you talk about those. And of course, your real investment is all in your stamp collection, so you'll want to talk about that and have, have that analyzed. That's where the, the good money is these days. Don't listen to those people say invest in stocks. It's all stamps. Uh, and then you're going to talk about your pay stub, right? You're going to show them that because for most of us, our income is really the most important part of our financial picture. And, and all that paperwork, all that thing, you're going to hand over to the CPA. You're going to say, help me, help me make sense of this. Help me analyze this. And, and that's an important stack of information right there. It, uh, you know, maybe you'll do that thing that some people do where they add all the numbers up of what you have minus all the numbers of what you owe, and they'll call it your net worth. I don't do that very often because I don't like to be depressed, but, but you might do that, and maybe that's a, that's a helpful thing for you. But, but, if you, but if Jesus is your CPA, after you've done all this, uh, all this paperwork stuff and added up all the numbers and you've got it all organized, he does the most interesting thing. He, uh, he takes out a sticky note, at least I think that's what CPAs use, I assume. Anyways, he takes out a sticky note and he does this. He says, you see this? You see all this? All of this belongs to God. I don't know if you can read that from there, but that says God's. He says all of it, every bit of it. He says, in fact, it's all mine. He says all of it, all the stuff you brought to be analyzed today and for us to talk about today, that's all mine. And you may be thinking to your second, I think I picked the wrong CPA. Okay, this was not the kind of advice. And that'll feel a little weird when you hear your CPA say, all that money you thought you had, all that's my money. But when he says that, when Jesus says that to you, don't take it personally, okay? It isn't meant personally. Because you see, Jesus would say that to anybody. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world is and all who live in it. Jesus says, everything belongs to me. First Chronicles, verse 29, David is celebrating his wealth that he's going to pass on to his son Solomon, but he wants his son Solomon to understand that it's not David's wealth, 
Anyway, he says this, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt, to give strength to all. Now our God, we give thanks and praise your glorious name. Everything, it turns out, everything that might show up on a balance sheet, or a bank statement belongs to God. Everything that you might store in your garage or your closets belongs to God. Everything in your purse or your pockets belongs to God. And I know at first this can be radically disorienting, right? Because see, I was pretty sure that I owned some stuff, right? I got my name on some things. I got my own set of sticky notes that say it's, it's Ethan's, you know. I, I got this right here. This thing, it actually has my name on it. It says right there, Ethan L. Magnus. That's me. This, this has got to be mine. And I spend my money that I made on things I want. I think this is why we don't talk about money mu much and we keep conversations about money private and secret because we want it to be mine, right? We don't talk about what I make because it's my business, because I worked hard to get my stuff that I'll use for my pleasure. In fact, some of you, if you were sitting down with your CPA, with his look at that classy nameplate, you know, and he's saying all this is God's, some of you might want to push back a little bit and say, didn't you see what that last sheet said? Pay stub. That means I worked for that money. How can you say it's yours when I'm the one who worked so hard for that? But if you were to be so bold as to say that to your new precocious CPA, Jesus would probably respond, actually, my father already gave a warning about that. This is what God told a bunch of people way back when, when they thought they earned what they got. He said this in Deuteronomy chapter 8. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large, your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud. You see, God thinks that wealth is a spiritual threat. 
When you've eaten and are satisfied, when your herds and flocks grow large, when you've worked hard and you get some money in return for all that hard work you did, your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. You may even say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. You say, hey, Mr. Jesus of Nazareth, CPA, I built this. I made this. I saved this. I worked for this. But remember the Lord your God. For it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms His covenant which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. Isn't this amazing? Even our ability to work a job and earn a paycheck, even that is a gift from God. If you in any way, for any reason, got a paycheck recently, you can thank God for that. God did that. I'm not saying you didn't do your part. I'm not saying you didn't roll out of bed and go to work and do what you were told. I'm not saying you didn't start some business. I'm not saying you didn't do your part. I'm just saying the first part, the first thing that had to be done was what God did to make it possible for you to even earn that money. So when Jesus of Nazareth, CPA, puts the sticker on you, all your hard-earned money. and says, all that's God's. Don't take it personally. He thinks he owns everything, not just your stuff. But just because you don't take it personally, that doesn't mean it's not personal, okay? In fact, I want to be clear, it's really personal. Uh, any brave person here happen to have a wallet in their pocket right now? Anybody got a wallet in their pocket right now? You got a wallet in your pocket right now? Okay, here, come on up here for just a second. All right, he's got a wallet in his pocket. He's feeling foolish. If a preacher asks if you got a wallet in your pocket, you just say no, okay? This is a life, life lesson here. Okay, all right. All right, you got a wallet in your pocket? Yeah. All right, can I see that wallet? Yeah. All right, here you go. You see this? Most good CPAs have piles of these. So does Jesus. The crazy thing about God is God will reach into your pocket and he'll take out a sticky note. In fact, he's going to take out two. Here's the thing God does. With the first sticky note, he doesn't put it on the wallet. He puts it on you. He says, you're mine. And of course, because you're mine, well, this is mine too. You're God's. And this is God's. And just when you think you have gone to the worst CPA ever, okay? Just when you think you are getting robbed by somebody you just met, Jesus, on behalf of God, does the most amazing thing. He says, all right. Now don't you forget who you belong to. And don't you forget who this belongs to. Now you take it, and you spend it just how God would. All right, give him a big hand. He did a good job. 
You see, don't take it personally because Jesus thinks he owns everything. But do take it personal because Jesus thinks he owns you and he thinks he owns the wallet in your pocket or the checkbook in your purse or the bank account. He, own, he thinks he owns it all. But then, in the most amazing, unexpected thing, the thing none of us would ever do, he then takes what he owns and gives it to you and says, now you take care of this. You manage it the way I would manage it. You spend it the way I would spend it. The very first lesson that Jesus of Nazareth, CPA, wants to teach you is that he owns all your stuff. And the second lesson he wants to teach you is that he is counting on you to be the steward of the stuff that he owns. You are God's steward. And God's stuff, which remember is all stuff, there is no stuff that is not God's stuff, okay? Remember that. When we say God's stuff, that's everything. All stuff is God's stuff. All stuff that is is God's stuff. There is no stuff that has ever has been that is not God's stuff. So if there's stuff, it's God's stuff. And he says, whatever of God's stuff you've got in your grubby hands, you are called to be a steward of. Jesus has parable after parable about our role as stewards. He says the good steward is the one who obeys the master's will. The good steward is the one who is ready for the master's return because in the interim they have been handling the master's finances the way the master would. You may have heard people say, and, and, and they meant well by it, and, and I, I guess it makes sense I, in a way. You may have heard people say that, that you ought to, if you love God and you're a follower of God, you ought to give some of your stuff to God. And maybe that's even the way you think of the offering. When we take an offering each week, that you've got some stuff and you're giving some of your stuff to God. But as, as nice as that idea is, it's completely confused. It's completely backwards. We have ne you have never in your life given some of your stuff to God because you don't have any stuff. It's all God's stuff. It's God who gives some of God's stuff to you and then instructs you, calls upon you to manage it the, the, the way, you know, the way God would. It's interesting, when my kids get a little birthday money or something like that, uh, I think of that as their money. And, you know, they, if they you know, spend it silly, that's fine. But if they're going somewhere and I give them 20 bucks for lunch money and I don't get change back, we've got a problem. Because, see, that was my money. And I expected them to manage my money, not the way they would manage their money, but the way I would manage my money, which means lunch shouldn't cost 20 bucks. Right? And this is what God is saying to us. We don't give some of our stuff to God. It's already God's stuff. Every, every decision we make is a, is a decision we make as representatives of the lordship of, of Christ. The first lesson that Jesus of Nazareth, CPA, wants to teach you in your first visit is that everything belongs to God. The second lesson is that you are God's steward. 
And the third lesson is this. If everything that ever existed belongs to God, if God is the one who owns the sheep on a thousand hills and every coin and every pocket, and you are called to be God's steward, then you can trust that God will provide what you need. We're going to talk about generosity some, t- some next week. I think so many people are cut off from the generous life God has for them because they don't really believe God will provide for them. And if you were sitting down with Jesus and you were, Jesus was saying, listen, we've got, we got, got some finance changes we need to make in your life. And the first change is you've got to realize that I own all your finances. And the second change is you've got to realize you were meant to be my steward, handling your money the way I would. But right before you got a little scared, he would say, but there's one more thing you've got to know. He would say, here's how I like to put it. I put it this way. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You see, if God is the one who owns everything and God has called you to manage what God owns on God's behalf, then God is also the one who can provide for you and meet your needs. And if God is the one who gives you the ability to work, God will provide work for you and you can live life in a posture of trust of the provision of God. On the way out the door, you know, time's getting short. Jesus is a busy guy. He doesn't have a lot of time. He says, I want you to stop by and talk to my assistant, Paul, on the way out the door. He wants to explain this principle of my provision to you a little more. And so you gather up your papers with your God's sticky note, trying to reflect on all you've learned, and you walk out the door and you sit down at Paul's desk to arrange your next appointment with the CPA, and before you do that, he says this. He says, I wrote this in a letter once, and it explains what you need to hear. God is able to bless you abundantly. And here's why God's going to do that. So that in all things, and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in all sorts of good work. God can bless you. If you're worried because you thought it was your stuff and now you discover it's God's stuff and you thought you got to manage it and now you said, God says, no, you got to manage it for me and based on my priorities, you got to know that God is able to bless you so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This is what they wrote. They have given gifts to the poor, and their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that's God. He's also going to supply and increase your store of seed so that he might enlarge your harvest of righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I love that last verse. It tells us almost everything you need to know about finances. You will be enriched in every way. That tells us that God 
is in control of our stuff. God is the source of everything you have. You got a big house, that's from God. You got a little house, that's from God. Your car paid off, that's from God. You got a loan on that car, that's from God. Every blessing you've got, every, every, everything you've got, you will be enriched in every way, that's from God. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through that generosity, thanksgiving goes up from God. So there it is. Lesson one, session one, with Jesus of Nazareth, CPA. God owns everything. You are the steward of what God has given to you. And God will provide so that you can be generous for God's glory. I'm going to wrap up with prayer here in just a second. But before I do, I want to give you one real practical word. Some of us have gotten so trapped and so out of whack in our finances that we might want to be generous, or we might want to follow God with our finances, but we just feel like we can't. We're in debt. We're confused. We don't know how much money's coming in and how much. We are just, we're kind of, we're busted. You know, we are out of it. Uh, we want to kind of listen to this good advice, but we don't even know how to balance all the documents. We don't even know how to collect the data to even say it. We don't know how much God's stuff we've got, you know. Uh, so if that's, you know what's going on with you. I want you to know we've got some places you can go in this church for some really practical help. You could talk to some people who actually know what bonds are. I don't, or an annuity is. I don't either. But you could talk to people who do, okay? Uh, we got a thing. You already heard him mention it. It starts um, Sunday, November 11th. That's next week. Uh, it's on Sunday nights and Sunday mornings. Want to make it easy to go to. Uh, Kay and Tommy Greer are leading it. Tommy actually is a CPA, um, you know, like the, the normal kind, you know. So, um, and they're doing this class. Uh, and if you're stuck, okay, if, if you're underwater or over your head or whatever metaphor you got, and you just need somebody who can sit down and give you some real nuts and bolts advice, you've got to get to this. It's free. They want to help you. They're wise, good people. Um, so Sunday morning, Sunday nights, that starts next week. Right now, though, I want to close in prayer. Uh, I want to use that prayer again from David. A guy who, if anybody would have wanted to say, this is my stuff, I got stuff, look at all my stuff, it would have been David. But he knew it was God's stuff for God's glory. Let's pray together. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel. From everlasting to everlasting, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. So now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Amen.